Amen. Now, faith seminar, it's a platform where the word of faith is taught. Let's all say the word of faith. Say it again. Say the word of faith. Now, I'd like you to say it from your heart and project. Say the word of faith. Good. Um, there are a lot of people who have been born again for quite some time now, but have not been acquainted with the word of faith. The word of faith is the word that God has given unto us to meet all our needs and to make us all that intended for us to be. Amen? In Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and then God said, Amen? God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Amen? Now, light came into existence because God said it. It's called the word of faith. Amen? God said it, and it became because he said it. It's the word of faith. Praise God. Now, the same word of faith was used as the parent material or parent instrument for making man. In Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 26, God said, Come, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let him have dominion. Amen. And so God made man in his own image. How did he make man? He made man in his image. What is that image? That image is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter number 1, if you start the reading from verse 3, it says, Jesus Christ is the brightness of God's glory. Let's all say brightness. Say it again. Say brightness. He is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. So you see, that image is Jesus Christ. Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1 and verse 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, he says, the same Word was made flesh, became flesh. Talking about Jesus Christ, the Word that made us, the Word that created us. Hallelujah. So when you talk about the Word of faith, the Word of faith is God's spoken Word released to create whatever it is that God desires and we desire alongside God and to make us everything God intended for us to be. That's the word of faith. Hallelujah. In the economy of God, the currency that is spent is word. Hallelujah. Let's all say word. Good. Word is the currency in the economy of God. God does not have naira. He does not have pound sterling. He doesn't have U.S. dollars. God is God words. And whatever God says becomes what he says. Hallelujah. And that is the greatest economy in heaven and on earth. The economy of the word of faith. Hallelujah. The economy of the word of faith. Now you agree with me that the economy of the United States of Nigeria... I mean, in the United States of America, 
Praise God. United States of America is far, far, far much better than the economy of Togo. True or false? No, talk to me. True or false? Good. Why? Because you see, the economy is buoyant. They have more money to spend. And they have productive hands. They are creative and productive. Praise God. All right. Now, the reason the economy is the way it is, I mean the economy of the United States, is because of their productivity. Let's all say productivity. Say it again. Say productivity. Any nation that is productive, that can make things happen, work things with their hands, be creative, use their initiative to make things better than they were. Hallelujah. That nation will have a good economy. There will be industrialization. There will be all sorts in the economy going on. And other people will migrate from their different nations or countries to come and work in that nation because of the buoyancy of the economy. Productivity. Let's all say productivity. Good. Now, the word of God is God's currency. God deals in words. God spends words and he expands words. Are you listening to me? The word of faith is an economy. God began it in Genesis chapter number 1. I just quoted that scripture to you. Genesis chapter 1. The Bible makes us to understand that God created all things by his word. Are you listening to me? His word. In Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That the things which are seen did not come out of the things which do appear. That means God created all that you can see right now as you move around. All that you can see came out of the spoken word. Let's all say the spoken word. That's productivity. That's productivity. And there is nothing as productive as the word of God. I want you to tap your neighbor and say there is nothing as productive as the word of God. Tap someone and say there is nothing as productive as God's word. Amen. Look behind you. Tell someone say there is nothing as productive as the word of God. Amen. The word of God is not just a thing. The word of God is a living being. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse 12. The Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of bones and marrows, spirit and soul. And then it says, The designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. God's word is a living being. I like the way another tradition puts it. It says, for the word of God is a living being. Active and creative. Let's all say active and creative. God's word is active and creative. Everything you see right now came out of the word. Came out of the word. Glory to God. And beautifully, everything is upheld by the word of God. In Hebrews chapter number 1 and verse 3. The Bible says God upholds all things by what? The word of his power. 
Let's all say the word of his power. Say it again. Say it like you mean it. Say the word of his power. One more time. Say the word of his power. Yeah. God upholds all things by the word of his power. In John chapter number 1, Gospel according to St. John chapter number 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning, and all things were made by him. How many things? Talk to me. How many things? How many things? And there was nothing made that was made without him. In him was life. Let's not say life. Say it again. Say life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Let's all say life and light. Say life and light. Life talks about activity. In other words, activeness. Life talks about advancement, progress. If you want to be active and productive and advance in life, you need the word of faith. It is the word of faith that makes for productivity. It is the word of faith that makes for life, that makes for activeness, vibrancy. Glory to God. Amen. In John chapter number 6 and verse 63, Jesus speaking, he says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Let's all say spirit and life one more time say spirit and life one more time say spirit and life god's word is spirit and life and that's why we want to look at god's word today faith seminar it's a platform where we consider the word of faith the greatest economy there is and there could be hallelujah the most buoyant economy in heaven and on earth is still the economy of the word of faith and for you to understand how to interplay the indices and walk around the forces in this economy of the word of faith, you must have a good understanding of God's word. Amen? Understanding is a wellspring of life to those who have it. The psalmist cried out and said, Lord, give me understanding and I shall live. And anyone who does not have understanding, the Bible says he dwells in the congregation of the dead. Understanding is vital. Amen? Let's all say understanding. There was a man who could have been saved earlier than he got saved, but didn't know how because he didn't have understanding. The utopian eunuch. Hallelujah. He was reading from the book of Isaiah 53. And he was reading and reading and reading. He did not get the understanding. And then the Spirit of God spoke to Philip, said, join yourself to his chariot. And Philip joined himself to his chariot. And then Philip asked, understand it, what thou readest? Do you understand what you are reading? He said, how can I understand? Except someone puts me through. And then by the opening of scriptures, by the opening, let's all say opening of scriptures. Uh-huh. It's a teaching, teaching ministry. That's the opening of scriptures. By the opening of scriptures, he caught the understanding. Pow! instantly and in no time he got born again and he was baptized in water praise god now he ought to have been born again earlier than that time but he didn't have the understanding 
What lets you in on what God has to offer is understanding. The Bible says wisdom is what? The principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all that getting, get what? Understanding. Let someone say understanding. Say it again. Say understanding. Good. So you see, it is good for you to get understanding. And that is one of the key purposes of the teaching ministry. Hallelujah. Understanding. To deliver understanding. In Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible makes us to understand that God gives, God gives wisdom. And out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Let's only say knowledge and understanding. Knowledge answers the question, what? What? W-H-A-T question mark. Understanding answers the question, how? How? And why? You could know the what and not know the how and the why. And if you don't know the how and the why, the what is not going to benefit you. It's not going to do you any good. Praise the Lord. But understanding will come to open you up into the depth of the things of God so that you can interplay um, the forces of the word of faith together and get the required results. Can someone say amen to that? So what we are going to be considering today is the word of faith. Let someone say the word of faith. In Romans chapter number 10, we start reading from verse 8. It says, what is it? The word is near thee. Even in thy mouth and in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, since thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. The word of faith is a mystery. But thank God, in the new covenant or under the new covenant, it's no longer a mystery. The Spirit of God has come to unravel the mystery of the word of faith. It's a mystery. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul told the Ephesians to pray for him. He, he besought them to pray for him. He said, please pray for me that utterance be given me, that I may open my mouth boldly to declare the mystery of the gospel. Let's answer the mystery of the gospel. That's a word of faith. It's a mystery. A mystery means something that you have to be led on into it before you can understand it. Without someone putting it through to you or sharing it with you, you can never understand it. That's a mystery. It actually means to say things with your mouth closed. That's a mystery. Can you say something to your friend with your mouth closed? That means you have to tell him what you are saying before he can get it, true or false. That's a mystery. Amen. I said amen. amen. Let someone say, Lord, give me understanding. Say it again. Say, Lord, give me understanding. One more time. Lift up your two hands. Say, Lord, give me understanding. Praise God. The very moment you capture the understanding of the word of faith, you can create expectations with ease. Life becomes productive for you. You get results. The same way God gets results. 
you succeed the same way God succeeds. Amen? The word of faith is your entry, is your admission letter into the fullness of God. Are you listening to me? The word of faith is that key into the fullness of God. Without a good understanding of God's word, the word of faith, there is no way you can get into the fullness of God. Amen? Because everything in God and everything with God and everything of God operates by faith. I like for you to say that. Say everything in God, everything with God, everything of God operates by faith. Yeah. So it takes the word of faith to operate faith. Because the Bible says it, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If the word doesn't come to you, you cannot operate in faith. If the word of God hasn't come to you, you cannot function in faith. So it takes God's word, the understanding of God's word for your faith to function. And the very moment your faith begins to function, then you have access to everything God has provided for you. I want you to touch your neighbor and say, faith gives access. Say it again, say, faith gives access. One more time, say, faith gives access. All right. Now let's look at the access faith gives. Number one, faith gives access to salvation. Faith gives access to salvation. Why faith? In other words, that's what we're considering now. Why faith? That means the importance of faith. Why faith? Faith gives access. Number one, it gives access to salvation. The salvation of your spirit. The salvation of your soul. The salvation of your body from sin. From sicknesses and diseases. From corruption. In Ephesians chapter number 2, if you start reading from verse 8 downwards, it says, by grace are you saved through faith. Let's someone say, through faith. You see that? By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Are you listening to me? So we, we got access to salvation for those who are saved through faith. Faith was our access to salvation. Nobody could access salvation without faith. Without faith, praise God. Without faith, in Romans chapter number 10, if you start the reading from verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? For as it is written, blessed are the feet. Your feet are beautiful. Those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. Amen. So they preached, they heard, they believed, they called, and they were saved. Preach what? The word. Heard what? The word. Believed what? The word. Called out out of that faith that the word of God gives and salvation was the result. You see that? So no access to salvation without faith. Amen. I said amen. 
Number two, faith gives access to progress. Faith gives access to progress. Progress. Amen. Let's all say progress. Now, for you to progress in life, you need faith. In other words, faith must be put to work to activate the laws of progress. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 7, the Bible says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's all say, We walk by faith and not by sight. What is a walk? A walk is a series of steps in the right direction. One step on another, one step on another, another step on another, and then you call that a walk. Praise God. That means you're making progress. We walk by faith. Let's all say we walk by faith. Now for those who have been justified by faith, according to Romans 5 and verse 1, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Glory to God. We walk by faith. Faith gives access to progress. It gives access to advancement. It gives access to productivity. It gives access to increase. You see that? Number three. Faith gives access to answers. Answers to prayers. In other words, faith gives access to answered prayers. Amen. How many of us like to pray here? Wave your hands. You love to pray. Good. And how many of us love to pray without getting results? Anybody like that? You see, the beauty and the joy of the prayer life is to pray and get results and get answers to prayers. Right? If you pray and pray and pray, you're just a prayer warrior and not a prayer victor. You just keep worrying and worrying and worrying and nothing to show for it. In no time, you, you'll be worried. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, faith gives access to answers to prayers. Mark chapter number 11. If you start the reading from verse 22, Jesus was going to Bethany and then on his way to Bethany, he saw a fig tree afar off and then um, expecting that he would see fruit on the fig tree. He came near and, alas, there was no fruit on the fig tree. And then Jesus cursed the fig tree and said, No man eats fruit of thee again forever. And the Bible says his disciples heard him. While they were coming back from Bethany to Jerusalem, one of the disciples noticed that the fig tree had dried its root. And they said, Wow, Master, the fig tree that you cursed the other time had dried to its root. And then Jesus said, Have faith in God. Verse 22. Amen. In other words, have the faith of God. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. And then he taught them how faith comes into prayer to make it productive. He says, Therefore, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall what? Have them. Praise God. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You see that? He says, if you don't believe that you receive them when you prayed, you will not have them. That's what it means, in other words. That means faith gives access to answered prayers. Without faith, 
coming into prayer. Prayer is useless. Prayer is good for nothing. Prayer is just a glorified nonsense. Without faith interplaying with prayer. Hallelujah. In fact, prayer must stem out of faith for prayer to be effective. Are you listening to me? In James chapter number 1, if you start reading from verse 5 downwards, he says, Does any man lack wisdom? Let him ask of God that giveth liberally unto all men and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he who wavers is like the wave of the sea, tossed to and fro. He says, Let not such a man think he's going to receive anything from the Lord. For a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Hallelujah. That means a man who is double-minded, who is not in faith, cannot receive anything from the Lord. He cannot receive anything from the Lord. So you see, faith gives what? Access to answered prayers. You see how important faith is, right? Is faith becoming so important in your eyes? Are you getting to see that faith is so important? Now, let's review what we have learned. The first one is faith gives access to what? Salvation. The second one is faith gives access to what? progress the third one is faith gives gives access to what answered prayers you see that and when you see a man who who has answers to prayers amen his life will be colorful true or false yeah you see the beauty of god on his life because he has answers to prayers jeremiah 33 and verse 3 call unto me and i will answer thee and i will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not so his life is full of great and mighty things Great and mighty things. Glory to God. So it's good to um, understand the importance of faith. Number four. Faith gives access to stability. Hallelujah. Access to stability. Access to stability. Praise God. In Second Corinthians chapter 1, I think verse 20 or 24 thereabout. The Bible makes us understand that by faith we stand. Amen. By faith we what? We stand. In Ephesians 6, if you start the reading from verse 12 downwards, you find out that the Bible talks about taking unto ourselves the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And part of that armor is the shield of faith. Let's all say the shield of faith. Say it again. Say the shield of faith. Now, see, faith gives us stability. By faith, we stand. We stand by faith. That means without faith, we cannot stand. We cannot stand before the Lord without faith. We cannot stand against the wiles of the devil without faith. We cannot stand against the gimmicks of the wicked one without faith. We cannot stand in the evil day without faith. By faith, we stand. Anyone, any child of God who understands faith very well will be a stable person. Now, in no time or um, in a moment from now, you begin to understand what it means to live by faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No, it, it, it's, so, it's so fun fool. Hallelujah. It's fun fool to live by faith. Hi, are you listening to me? Yeah. So faith gives us what? Stability. Number five, it gives access to true living. True living. I don't mean mere existing. True 
living. You want to truly live, it's by faith we live. Glory to God. In Romans chapter number 1 and um, verse 17, it says, For the just shall live by faith. The just shall what? Shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, same thing. The just shall live by faith. That means there is a kind of life God has cut out for us to live. Our kind of life is not the usual common kind of life. We have been called to live a unique kind of life. And this unique kind of life, which is at the same time supernatural, cannot be lived by the senses, can only be lived by faith. The just shall live by faith. We live by faith. Glory to God. We live by faith. We do live by faith. Matthew chapter number 4 and verse 4. The Bible makes us to understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means the word of God, which is the word of faith that gives us faith to live, is the word we live on and we live by. Amen? I want you to say to yourself, say, I live by the word of God. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, I live by the word of God. Shout it loud. Say, I live by the word of God. Amen. So we live by faith. That's what it means. We live by faith. Glory to God. Amen. Now I can go on and on and on, but let me give you two or three more. Number six now, right? We are justified by faith. We are justified by faith. Romans chapter number 5 and verse 1. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith. Now look up everybody. You know what it means to be justified? Alright? To be discharged and acquitted. That's what it means to be justified. <laughs> Praise God. Now, consider you doing something wrong and then you were charged to the court of law. And then they considered everything that you have done and you were found guilty. Praise God. And then somebody stood in in your stead, stood in for you as your substitute. And then said to the judge, let every punishment that is due this man be placed on me. Praise God. And then you accepted from whatever consequence of your wrongdoing because someone took your place. All right, so the judge says, it is the substitute that's now guilty. No longer you. The substitute is now guilty. But you are discharged and acquitted. You are declared not guilty. That is justification. Let's all say justification. The Bible says the soul that sinned shall die. Man sinned. Death was due man. Jesus came in our stead, stood in our place as our substitute, died in our stead, so that the death that was due us would come on him, and it did come on him. And Jesus Christ, being our substitute, was guilty of the offense that he did not commit. It was our offense. It was for our offense that he was delivered up. Glory to God. And by that, we were justified. We were declared not guilty. We were discharged and acquitted. Glory to God. I'm going to understand that. Wave your hands and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
shout it with some gusto. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Now, how did you become justified? Do you know you are justified now? Someone says, well, the sins of my fathers are still pursuing me. No more, not in Christ. Not in Christ. All right? The challenge you have is that you are confused. And the word of God has come to dispel your confusion. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? Glory to God. Mm-hmm. So, you see... Uh, Romans 8 and verse 1. I think scriptures will be very best to describe it. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus don't walk after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Amen? Amen. For what the law couldn't do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in likeness of sinful flesh died in our stead, took the punishment on himself so that the righteous requirement of the law might be credited to account as though we did it. Glory to God. Amen? I said amen. amen. So, you see, in Christ, your sins are forgiven. Why? Someone bore your sins on the cross. First Peter 2.24. Amen? He bore your sins on the cross. Isaiah 53 from verse 1 down to 5. He bore your sins on the cross. Jesus did. Glory to God. Say to yourself, say, I love Jesus. Oh, tell your neighbor how much you love Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. No, I want you to stress that love. Say, I love Jesus. No, come and say it with some, some attitude. Say, say, I love Jesus. Amen. Jesus is awesome. You know, <laughs> he took our place. So our sins are forgiven. You believe that? I say our sins have been forgiven. Washed. Washed by the blood of Jesus. We have been washed. Amen. Redeemed, bought back, and we have been recreated. Glory to God. All right. We'll go into all those later. Much, much later. Amen. But get this. It is by faith that we are justified. Not by struggling. Not by trying to pay for your sins. It's by faith. You believe what he's done for you. And then you are declared not guilty. You are discharged and acquitted. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Amen. Amen. Now, faith. Let's all say faith. Gives access to grace. Amen. Faith gives access to grace. That's number what? Seven. Faith gives access to grace. Romans 5 and verse 2. The Bible says, It is by faith that we have access to this grace wherein we stand. It tells us that faith gives us access to grace. 1 Peter 5.10 tells us that the God is the God of all grace. Amen. Hebrews 10.26, it calls the Spirit, the Spirit of grace. Amen. Acts 14, if you start the reading from verse 3 downwards, it calls the Word of God, the Gospel of grace. In Acts 20.24, the Gospel of His grace. In Acts 20.32, the Gospel of His grace. So the Word of God is grace pregnant. Say to your neighbor, say the word. The word. 
Is grace pregnant? So when you come in contact with God's word, there's a delivery of grace. There's a release of grace. The word of God is full of grace. In, Ro- in John, Gospel according to St. John chapter 1, if you start reading from verse 16 downwards, it says, God's word is full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Amen? The same thing was said in verse 14 of that same chapter number 1 of Gospel according to St. John. That God's word is full of grace and truth. In verse 17, the same thing was said there. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. Grace and truth. Hallelujah. Grace and truth. The word of God is full of grace. Amen. So you see, God's word gives grace and imparts faith. Faith is imparted when God's word comes into you. When you receive God's word. And that faith gives you access to the grace that God's word has to offer. Grace to succeed is in the word. Faith gives you access to it. Grace to be productive is in the word. Faith gives you access to it. You know, a good bunch of us here, you know, pretty good students. And um, you want to do well in your exams, true or false? If you want to do well in your exams, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You see, faith gives you access to success. Amen? Now, by the grace of God, the person that is standing before you, all right, my first degree, I finished with the first class in building. Amen? If you want to clap, clap. <laughs> now, lift up your hands and give God the glory. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, it happened by faith. Faith gives access to what? Yeah. It gives access to success. But let's, let's cap it up all together. Faith gives access to what? Grace. Grace to succeed. Grace to do well financially. Grace for all things. Faith gives access to it. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 8 and verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become what? Rich. That's grace. If you believe that, that becomes your reality. Grace begins to function in you. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. It says, And God is able to what? Make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency may be able to abound unto all good works. Having all sufficiency in all things. In how many things? Talk to me. In how many things? Talk to me. In how many things? That means by faith you can be rounded in life. And that's the kind of success faith gives you. Not a lopsided success. Not a tilted success. Not a quashokot success. Amen? Not the one that is deficient in the totality of the fullness of God. Hallelujah. The kind of success faith brings to you is the kind that is described 
in Joshua chapter number 1 and verse 8. It's called good success. Let's all say good success. Amen. You see, good success is the kind that faith gives you. Glory to God. Amen. So you, you see how important faith is? Can you pray and have answers to prayers without faith? Can you stand without faith? Can you walk, make progress without faith? Can you live without faith? See that? (laughs) Can you be saved without faith? It's not possible. In fact, healing, of course part of salvation, comes by faith. So it tells us that we have to understand the word of faith and the faith of the word. Let's all say the word of faith. Say say the word of faith. And the faith of the word. All right, there's such a thing called faith, the faith. And that's what we want to look at very briefly. How many of us have seen the importance of faith here? Wave your hands. Is faith very important? Is it important at all? Are you sure? If you are sure, say it. Say faith is so important that I cannot underplay on it. Yeah, faith is so important, so important that you can't play down on it. You cannot. You cannot. Amen? Now let's look at faith. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, we'll start the reading from verse 1. Chapter number 11 from verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There is no other definition of faith that could surpass that one. That is still the best definition of faith. Do you understand that? Because no other person can define faith as good and as much as God. God, who is a faith God, is the only God who can give us the true, adequate, rounded definition of faith. And He's given us the definition of faith in His Word. Now then, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now someone said the substance. Say it again. Say the substance. I want you to touch your hand or any part of your body. Just touch it and say faith is the substance. You see, you see. Substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's, let's break that down. I want you to write it in your notepad, the substance. Write it, the substance. So write it this way, faith equals the substance. Write it that way so you can understand it. Faith equals the substance. The substance... Now that's equation one. Put it there. That's equation one, right? Let's form equation two now. 
We are students here, right? You like equations, don't you? Give the Lord some praise if you like, like equations. Shout hallelujah. Now some people feel like, well, equations. Oh, no, 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 I don't like equations. Listen, this is, this is an equation of God's word. You like this one. All right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are all those that put their trust in him. Amen? Taste this equation. It's good. Glory to God. Now you've written that, right? Let's write equation two. Faith equals the evidence. The evidence. The evidence. Mm. Wow, praise God. I, I, I love this, man. You, 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 I know in no time from now, in the moment from now, you, you, you begin to jump and rejoice. Because the word of God is sweet. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And they were the joy and the rejoicing of my soul, for I'm called by the name Almost High. Listen, God's word is sweet. Sweeter than the honeycomb. Glory to God. Now just follow. You, you'll be so excited now. Alright? You'll be let loose. And you'll be so free to believe God. It's so simple to believe God. Faith is the simplest subject. Alright? But theologians have make, made it so complex. Have you written down those two equations? The first one is what? Faith is the substance. Now finish it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Alright? That's the equation one. And then equation two. Faith is the evidence. That means faith equals the evidence of things not seen. Alright? That means not seen at the moment. Now let me ask you this question. Let's all say faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. Say say faith is the substance. Faith is the evidence. Now how many of you believe God is here? Wave your hands. You you really believe God is here. You do believe God is here, do you? All right. Okay. God is here, right? Good. But can you see God here? Now, what is the evidence that God is here, though you can't see Him physically? You see that? <laughs> Praise God! And how many of you? How many of you have seen your your kidneys before? <laughs> and then they operated on you and brought out your kidneys and said, can you see your kidneys? <laughs> but you believe you've got kidneys, true or false? <laughs> Though you have not yet seen them, or you've not seen them yet, alright? Yet you believe. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Why? Because there is a substance that you've got kidneys. Though you have not seen them physically, there's an evidence. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? How many of you believe indeed 
pro-degree students here, you believe indeed that you're in OE already. <laughs> if you believe, shout hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Now, what, what is your conviction? What makes you believe that you're... All right. <laughs> and then when you tell someone, I'm, I'm in OE already, someone says, uh-uh. Have you passed the exams? All right, let me give you another example. If you paid for an apartment, maybe a bedroom, self-contained, or a two-bedroom or a three-bedroom, and then a receipt was issued to you as an evidence of your payment for that apartment, Though you have not taken delivery of it, you have not yet packed in. You've not packed in yet into that apartment. All right? But you have the receipt with you. Now, though you are not in that apartment physically yet, yet you believe <laughs> that the apartment is yours. Now, what is the substance of the things you uh, hoping for, in other words, you hoped for, is that receipt, right? Right? And what is the evidence that that apartment will not be denied you? Moving into that apartment will not be denied you. What is that evidence? The receipt. So you see, faith is that receipt. Are you listening to me? Faith is that receipt. Though you have not entered into that apartment, you know, physically, Yet you believe that that apartment is yours because you've got what? The evidence. Praise God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Alright? Look up please. If faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, it tells us that faith has nothing to do with the natural, has nothing to do with the seen, has nothing to do with the visible, has nothing to do with that which registers on the five physical senses. Sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of taste, sense of smell or smelling, sense of feeling. Hello? Now, how can someone who still feels feverish in his body say that I am healed? And then you say, no, you are lying. He says, I am healed. He's not responding to his feeling. He's responding to the evidence. See, faith has everything to do with the substance and the evidence. Are you listening to me? Not the things that are yet to be seen. Faith has everything to do with the substance and the evidence. Say with your mouth, say faith, faith has everything to do with the substance and the evidence. Praise God. Say it again, say faith has everything to do with the substance and the evidence. Let me give you another instance. GT Bank just sent an alert SMS to you. Ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-ta for some and then you pick your set and then you look at it 
and then the text message reads, 5,000 Naira has been sent to your account, and then they quote the account from your parent. Maybe your dad or your mom. All right? Do you look at it and say it's a lie? <laughs> no, talk to me. Do you say it's a lie? <laughs> Hello? Now, you don't say it's a lie. Why? Because you know that that text message is what? It's the substance that there's money in your bank account. So you can pick up your ATM card and then visit any ATM machine anywhere, all right? And then plug the thing in and cash your money. Praise God. Now, what gave you that confidence to approach the ATM machine? All right? What gave you that confidence? The evidence. Let's all say the evidence. The substance. The SMS that came to you is that evidence. All right? Maybe you were a little bit down or a bit sorrowful or something, and you felt you didn't have money. The very moment the text message comes in, you, your countenance changes, true or false. You stand up, you put on your clothes, you go out there, and the way you walk, you walk with boldness. Though the money is not in your pocket yet. Are you listening to me? Though the money isn't there yet, you just know that you know <laughs> you're already rejoicing. You take pen and paper, you're already planning. Amen. That's faith. Do you see it's so simple? Now the question is this: what is the substance of faith and what is the evidence of faith? That's the question. A lot of people don't know the substance of faith. Amen. Let me tell you a couple of things faith is not. Alright? Let me tell you a couple of things faith is not. Number one, faith is not feeling or a feeling. Now, you could feel good about something, but you don't have the substance for that thing. Feeling good is not faith. Are you listening to me? Number two, faith is not presumption. Faith is not presumption. Faith isn't presumption. A presumption is something you think is a fact, but it's not a fact indeed. It is likened to, I suppose, something you suppose, or something you assume. Hello? That's a presumption. Let A equals 5. Is A equal 5? In the actual sense of it, is it? Let X be W. Is X W? And any inference that is arrived at from an assumption is an assumption. Because every inference is as good as what made it up in the first place. Amen. Hello. Amen. If I conclude on an assumption, my conclusion is an or and what? An assumption. Now, sometimes you could go to pray, for example, and then you pray and you feel good, you know, cool breeze. Ooh, I don't feel like my prayers have been answered. 
No, that's not an evidence that your prayers are answered. Are you so sure? Alright? Maybe you woke up late at night and then you looked outside and you saw the moon. <laughs> you say it is where would be. <laughs> you know, how do you know? It's 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 you see, faith is the substance, not a substance, the substance. Faith is the evidence, not a or an evidence, but the evidence. Hello? Are you here? If you're here, shout hallelujah. At the end of every tunnel, there is what? There is light. But there are some endless ones. That's not faith. In every dark cloud, there must be what? A silver lining. (laughs) But there are some clouds that are totally dark. Amen. When a man goes out, he returns home. When you push down a tree, by the felling of a tree, when a tree, you cut a tree, it comes down. You see, the kind of thing we're talking about here is not based on common sense. What is the substance of faith? What is the evidence of faith? Let's look at this. We're going to write equation 3 now. Fast, so that we can conclude. Romans chapter number 10 and verse 17. We're going to write equation 3 now. It takes the word of God to explain the word of God. It takes the word of God to substantiate the word of God. By two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. Alright? Unchangeable things. So God uses his word to confirm his word, and his word to confirm his word, and his word to confirm his word. Amen? Good. So then, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let's, let's do something here. Pastor Daniel, come. Amen. Now, faith. Let's all say faith. faith. Say it again. Faith. Now, let's assume or let's take him for faith or as faith. Faith comes. All right, by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. So how does faith come? Faith comes by the word of God. But you have to hear it. Hello? So that means faith comes when the word of God comes. Faith arrives when the word of God arrives. Faith has arrived when the word of God has arrived. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So it tells you something here. That when God's word comes, faith has come. What does that mean? Equation 3. We are deducing equation 3 from Romans 10 and verse 17. It is faith is equal to the word of God. Yeah, that's what it means. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. So faith equals the word. Hello? So we have three questions now, right? Faith equals the substance of things hoped for. Faith equals the evidence 
of things not seen. Then the third one, faith equals the word, the word of God. Now let's have equation four. It's a combination of the first three equations. Amen. If faith equals the substance of things hoped for, equals the evidence of things not seen. All right? And then it tells you that if you combine the whole thing, the whole equations together, you have this. Faith equals the substance of things hoped for, equals the evidence of things not seen, equals the word of God. Right? Hello? Good. Faith equals the substance of things hoped for, equals the evidence of things not seen, equals the word of God. Then the question goes thus. What then is the substance of things hoped for? The word. What then is the evidence of things not seen? The word. Now how do you know that God is here? Because I just feel God is here. No. The word of God says it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Lo, I'm with you even unto the end of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you, that you may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I shall not be afraid what men shall do unto me. For the Lord God is our present help in time of trouble. The Bible says, Present help, Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. So by the revelation of God's word, though I cannot see God physically, but I believe because I've got the evidence that God is here. Glory to God. And then the spirit of God also bears witness with my spirit that God is here. It's within me. Though I don't have any physical proof, I don't have any physical uh, evidence, yet I believe that God is here, and because I believe, that will produce the physical evidence. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you something in a moment. You'll get this now. Just focus on me. Amen? Bible says, the eyes of all them that were in the temple were fastened on him. And they were amazed at the gracious words proceeding out of his mouth. Now, focus here. Get this. All this physical world, every physical thing that we see right now, came out of God's faith. He says... Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. Now, we can see the physical things that came out of God's word by faith. Hello? You are sitting on a solid ground right now. Sitting on a chair supported by solid ground. True or false? The solid ground came out of God's word. Though you cannot see God's word physically this way, but you can see the evidence and the results of God's word. True or false? It tells you that the word of God is greater than and superior to any physical material. Are you listening to me? If the physical materials we have right now, we can see right now, we can feel right now, came out of God's word, then it tells you that God's word is the parent source of all things. In him and by him, all things consist. Someone says, well, if I don't see it and I can't feel it, I can't believe it. Alright? Then you're wrong. 
Because you see, life is not all about what we can see and hear and feel and taste. Life is beyond that. Praise God. Hello? I said, hello? Now, if God's word says, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been made old, I receive that word, right? I take that word in, and I thank God for that word. I meditate that word. I let that word go into my heart. That is the evidence of this healing that I have not yet seen or felt. Are you listening to me? Though I still feel feverish, but I've got an evidence. Though my pocket is still flat, but I've got an evidence. What is the evidence? The word of God says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and run over. Shall men give back to your bosom? I have given. Father, I thank you because it is given back unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and run over. Shall men give back to my bosom? All right? Though I have not seen anything physical yet, but I believe that I've got the evidence. So far or so long, as I do not lose the evidence, I do not lose the substance, I would definitely, undoubtedly see the proof of that evidence. But if I lose the evidence, I can't see any physical manifestation. Amen. How many of us saw Jesus physically when we got born again? He came and he appeared to you. And be very few. But the word of God came, right? You believed that word, didn't you? You did. And having believed that word, you received Jesus into your heart. Now there are evidences in your life that he lives in you. But you see, the evidence didn't come. I mean, the physical evidences didn't come first. The word came first. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say the word first. No, look at someone and say to that person, say the word first. Now, if you put things before the word, you've, you have messed it all up. The word first. When the word of God comes, things will materialize because the word of God has come to you. Are you listening to me? You give preference to the word. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sins. Do not let them depart from thine eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their flesh. The word first. The word first. I want you to tap your neighbor. Say the word first. Life is first and foremost about conviction. Life is... You see, without faith, there is no life. Without faith, there is no understanding. Without faith, there is no substance. That means I have to first and foremost believe. Hello? I have to first and foremost believe what God has said and then I accept that as my reality and I thank him for it and then I begin to see the physical manifestation. That's how it works. 
It worked that way in the beginning. God did not make things out of things. God made things out of the word. The word was the substance. Hello? Success is made out of the word. Healing is made out of the word. Prosperity is made out of the word. Progress in life is made out of the word. Whatever your heart desires is made out of the word of God. Are you listening to me? The word of God is the substance. Let someone say the word is the substance. Say it again. Say the word is the substance. Oh, glory to God. How many of us got that? You got that with your hands. Now, the Lord said to tell someone here, if you can understand God's word, then you can understand mathematics, English, whatever it is. Are you listening to me? Because there's no knowledge that is greater than the word of God. What I just shared with you, did you understand it? You understand it? Wave your hand, shout hallelujah. Then you can understand any subject. Let's all say any subject. Say it again. Say any subject. Glory to God. Now, let's look at it this way. God is coming to you. And he wants to lift you to the next level. He wants to change your life. How does he go about it? He speaks his word. Let me give you an instance. There was an idol worshiper in Genesis chapter number 12. His hometown was all of the Chaldeans. His father was an idol worshiper. His grandfather was an idol worshiper. His great-grandfather was an idol worshiper. And then God wanted to transform the life of that man. And then God came to him. His name was Abram. Let's not say Abram. Because he was father. Father. But he was fathering nobody. And so, the Bible says, And God had said, the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, thy father's house, your relatives, the people that you are used to, to a place that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him that curses you. And indeed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. <laughs> now, God wanted to change his life. Listen very carefully. How did God do it? He spoke to him. And then the man looked at God's word. The Bible says, and so Abraham departed. In other words, he was convinced by that word. Though he hadn't seen the things that God promised him yet. At that time, he believed God. And then departed according to God's word. Are you listening to me? And then God called him out of idolatry. Called him out of a negative background. And then God made him a father 
of many nations. Are you listening to me? This is how people's lives are changed. When it comes to God, the first thing God does is to give you an invitation. And that invitation is his word. When God's word comes to you, your life don't better. Are you listening to me? The only thing that you are left with is to believe that word. The very moment you take God's word and believe it and begin to act on it, you realize that you are on the path set and prepared by God. In no time you see God will begin to increase you and lift you. Psalm 51. Hallelujah. Thank you. All right. We're going to close in a, in a moment now. Amen. Can you help us project? Is, are you projecting Psalm 51? I'm sorry, Isaiah 51, I beg your pardon. Isaiah 51. Can we all read it together? Verse 1. It says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Verse 2. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. You see that? <laughs> you see, God called him alone, and he blessed him, and increased him. How did he call him? He gave him his word. You see, anytime God's word comes to you, respond quickly. Your destiny is about to unfold. The very moment God's word comes to you, your destiny is about to unfold. What you do with God's word determines your outcomes in life. Are you listening to me? Because the substance for the things that you are expecting to happen, the evidence of the things that you have not yet seen has just come to you. The receipt to the apartment has just come to you. The SMS alert has just come to you. You're on your way to the ATM machine. Are you listening to me? God's word sets you on your way to getting the physical, seeing the physical manifestation of everything God says to you. Are you listening to me? So the word of faith is the greatest economy. Look at Abraham. He says, I called him alone. He was alone. He was indeed alone. But he says, but I blessed him and increased him. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. Maybe that same invitation had come to some other people earlier. But they didn't take it. But Abraham was smart enough to take that invitation, respond to it. And that was it for him. In no time, he became the friend of God. In no time, he became the father of many nations. Just one man. God cut a covenant with him. Just one man. And because of that covenant, there was an entry made for the Son of God from heaven to come down to the earth. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen. What you are going to hear for the next one or two days will define your experiences in life. Once upon a time, I got God's word. I was a nobody. I was there at the backside of the wilderness. My dad was a polygamist. 
had three wives. My mom was the second wife. Amen. Had two children from my dad. And you know if you are, you came out of a polygamous setting to your tent to Israel, God help you if you don't have a mother, you will suffer. Amen. So you see, you just cling to your mother. And then I was with my mom and my mom pulled us out, took us far away from the family clan. And one thing that happened to me that I will never forget was the word of God that came to me. Oh, indeed God's word is that incorruptible seed. When it is sown into your life, it will bear fruit forever. God's word is more productive than the palm tree. Because I've seen palm trees wither. Maybe for some 25, 30 years, 50 years, some of them wither. Some 60, they wither. But the Bible says God's word abides forever. When that seed is sown into your life, it will keep producing. And the good thing with God's word is that it's a legacy you can give it to your children. The same word that changed your life, you can commit it to your children. He says, these things commit unto faithful men. We shall be able to teach others also. You can commit God's word to people. And then another person. And then another person. And in no time, the whole world is changed. God's word is that powerful. Beloved, it's your opportunity to be raised. It's your opportunity to move to the next level. It's your opportunity to be transformed. It's your opportunity to be so changed that when people look at you and then consider the background you came from, Oh, they will say, there is no correlation. The discrepancy is too much. Are you listening to me? God's word is the greatest economy on earth. The word of faith. Did you get something? Tomorrow, we'll take it a little bit deeper. And then the grand finale will be on Saturday. We're going to have healings. Now you're hearing God's word. Please take it in. Take it in. Take it in. Drink it in. Receive that word. Go over your notes again when you get home. Give attention to God's word. And you will see God's word will take you places that you've never been before. Can someone say amen to that? Jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I said jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. I wanted to do something tomorrow. I wanted to invite someone. Amen. The whole duty of man. What is the whole duty of man? To fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Right? That's the whole duty. Every other thing is an annex. When you get God's word into your spirit, that is when you are truly formed and stabilized. I want you to do something. Invite someone tomorrow. Let's have an overflow out there. Amen. Tell someone, come hear God's word. And your life will never remain the same again. I see a new generation in this place. I said, I see a new generation in this place. A generation of successful people. A generation of productive people. Abraham was called out as the first generation in his family. And he stepped out in faith 
and Isaac was the result Jacob was the result and Israel was the result look at Israel today a nation established in the midst of confrontations they are still thriving and doing well because they were formed out of the word of God listen very carefully for some of you you are the Abraham in your generation in your family for some your parents are born again and they have committed the faith to you so you are the Isaac for some you are the Jacob for some you are the Israel are you listening to me God is calling you out through his word today he wants to repackage your life repackage your destiny repackage everything for success and exploits and today will be a remarkable day in your life that you will never forget if you believe that say bigger amen, amen. now tomorrow I'm going to pray especially for people who bring others to church to hear God's word now this hour I'm going to declare God's word over you lift up your two hands towards heaven there's something about the prophetic word when it comes to you it is to launch you to the next level it's a launching pad to take you to the next level I speak over your life today that the lines are falling upon you in pleasant places <laughs> you have a goodly heritage you have a goodly heritage. But many who had been struggling before now, thus hear the Lord. The struggle is over. 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 In the name of Jesus. As you leave this place, there's a new air, a new atmosphere around you of grace and glory in the name of Jesus. Men who have despised you thus far, they will turn to you and begin to celebrate you. They will begin to celebrate you. They will begin to celebrate you. I speak over your life according to Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise, shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Your shining will be evident to all. Your shining will be evident to all. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now hear this. For someone here, I don't know the person. But if you're that person, I want you to just say a big amen to it. It will be noised abroad that God has marvelously helped you. If you're that person, say a bigger amen. Be noised abroad that God has marvelously helped you. Has marvelously helped you. It will be noised that God has marvelously helped you. I don't know the person here but if you are the person you just want to say a big amen to this for the time you have lost in the past God gives you back favor and goodwill in tenfold if you are that person say a bigger amen a bigger amen 
there's someone here i don't know who the person is but if you're that person i want you to say a big amen to this there's someone here the things you have done before and you didn't succeed with as you go back to touch them you will succeed with them i said you will succeed with them i said come on jesus There's someone here. If you're that person, I just wanted to say a big amen. There's someone here. The Lord said to tell you that right now, upon everything that represents you and everything that bears your name, there's a mark of favor. I said, There's a mark of favor. I said, There's a mark of favor. I said, There's a mark of favor. In the name of Jesus. And lastly, there's someone here. The Lord said to tell you, the successes your parents could not scratch. The Lord said to tell you, you will surpass it in hundredfold. In hundredfold, you will surpass it. 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 If you believe, say a bigger amen. For the path of the justice has a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter even unto the perfect day.